Welcome back, everybody. And I'd like to start off today's episode with a question from my two co-hosts, Tony and Wayne. I'm going to ask you guys this question, but please don't answer it just yet. We're going to save your answers to the end of the show. Wow. You're going to get, boy, you're just going to have people hanging in the whole time to hear what we have to say. I'm jumping right into it. Let's wow, do you're this. giving us cliffhanger right at the at the get go. So, what is the what is the question, Brian? The question is, would you take it? And Ooh. hold your answer. Hold your answer. Ooh, that's interesting. Welcome to the knowledge drop, everybody. Would you take it? We're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode four. Tony, what was the title of that episode again? The world is watching, and take what, Brian, is what I may ask. Did you not watch the episode? Yes, I watched the episode. I was just so trying to. I, was, I know. I, I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be witty, and uh, you know. Anyway, it just it's it's lost. I'm the funniest guy I know, and uh, yeah. So f- please forgive me. I make these corny jokes every once in a while, and they don't work. <laughs> Tony, anyway. you are funny in your own mind. That's right. I am. I am. I am the fucking funniest guy that I know, anyway. and I'm sure that's true. Sure. All right. So back to the episode, Brian. What were your initial thoughts of this whole thing? Um, are, are you are you now enjoying it more because of this episode? You know, or we got we got back on track a little bit with this episode. You know, which good thing too, because there's only six episodes to this season, and with episode four, something needed to happen. I mean, we needed to start picking up some steam here. There's a lot of unanswered questions, and uh, you know, I feel like. We answered some of them, but now I'm a little concerned with that. We may be going too fast. You know, we we're not taking the time to kind of develop certain characters to my preference. And um, we're, yeah, we're just isn't trying it funny to... how we're kind of getting spoiled on this whole thing. I think WandaVision really, really just kind of spoiled us. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it really spoiled us when it came to the character development. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we jump back into it with um, Sam and Bucky, you know, looking for the the flag smashers, and well, before that, we start with Ayo, and it's a flashback sequence. Yes, which, see, in Wakanda, which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed that I, scene. I did too. But but here's the thing: I would have loved to have seen that scene at the beginning of uh, the Civil War, or um, no, I thought it, a, I thought it fit here Endgame. though. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I think it fit here because we're seeing how he kind of broke himself of the spell using Wakanda's help. I just, I, I don't know. I, I really love that. And I really love seeing that, that, that these two had this bond and it went a little bit more into, uh, into that bond. And she, it sounds like she was the one that cured him of, of his, uh, his um, winter soldier Capabilities, yeah, brainwashing. So I like the fact too. I mean, one, this is probably the best acting I've seen that that actor do. Uh, because yeah, Sebastian. You can see the relief on his face when, when after she says those words, the order of those words, and how he wasn't just a mindless killing machine. The freedom he must have felt. I mean, the the tears were coming down. But I did like the fact that he only had one arm when she said it, just in case things didn't go right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, you know I what? Did I didn't catch of, that. I that did is kind a, of smile about that a little bit. That is a great point. Yes. <laughs> she was taking precautions beforehand. Right. I didn't even realize that. And that kind of plays in, that plays into um, a little bit more into the episode towards the end, if you remember what happens there, um, when she disables him. 
I mean, really just takes and disarms him. If you want to call yeah, that. right. She totally disarmed him. I was waiting and, for you to say it. <laughs> yes, yes. Disarmed him. Um, again, that was her way of saying, listen, I'm always going to be one step ahead of you. Right. I'm always going to be thinking of this. And I can take away that power that you have. There always has to be instant. a backup plan. I mean, yes. this, this person is a super soldier and this person is a killing machine. And to just not have a contingency plan would just be stupid, you know, really. Yes. So yeah, I'm I glad just, that that there was a, a mechanism on his arm that he had no idea uh, was there, but she did. She did, <laughs> yes. And disarmed him right then and right there. Disarmed him. So go back to what you were talking about before. I'm sorry. I kind of interrupted you and your stream of thought about the, the episode. Um, I'm just happy that that we kind of got things back on the track. We see kind of like a, a transformation of John Walker, Captain A-Hole. And, you know, with each episode, he's just turning more and more to the other side. I think the pressure is really getting to him. And to my point at the beginning of the episode where things are kind of happening, happening a little fast now, I wish there was a little bit more character development on his backstory, on why was he chosen? You know, he briefly touched upon this on with the conversation that he was having with his with his partner about he has those three medals. Basically, those medals represent the worst day of his life, really, because you know all those people, you know, his team, his platoon, his died, and he made it out. So basically, he got those are reminders that he lived. You know, and and I really wish that we saw more of a selection process. Why is it? Why was this guy chosen? Why is he such the Boy Scout that they thought that he was in episode one? And I really wanted to take more time to fall in love with him before they ripped the carpet out from under us and really, you know, had him turn. I could not agree with you more. It does feel a little hasty and it feels like we're falling falling into this trope we're falling into this this trap we've already known that he's going to turn but they didn't do anything to kind of give us uh that backstory and i think that that is something that is uh that would be very valuable for us right now in at this point uh just to kind of get more into who this person is we're talking about the PTSD too. I'm loving when they're touching upon these themes that uh, that veterans go through, that soldiers go through, and turning these worst days into something very heroic and something very noble, giving them these awards. When, if you really look at the totality of it, it is single-handedly the worst days of their lives, and they're being rewarded for it. So. That has to play into your psyche somehow. It, yeah. it, that cannot be healthy. That cannot be healthy for somebody. This show has has a number of villains, but the two main ones right off the bat are Baron Zemo and now we have John Walker. But is but, Baron bad? Well, here, I, I'm, this, this is my point. Yes, he's bad, right? He's a terrorist. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yes. But if you watch them on screen, they handle themselves completely opposite. It's kind of like Batman and Joker, right? Where Baron Zemo, he is a confident, calm, methodical person, very intelligent, where John Walker now seems very insecure to me. You know, he is impulsive. He is, you know, reactive. And, you know, he's the complete opposite 
of Baron Zemo. And, you know, you can tell that in the scene where where he gives Sam 10 minutes to go talk to um, Carly. And that was a very quick 10 minutes. Let me tell you, he did not want to wait. He did not want Sam in there I, by I, himself. I, but I think that I think this is I think that he did that on purpose. And this is something that you brought up a couple yeah. of episodes ago. He wanted to get to that serum. So he knew that in all likelihood during this uh, thing, if he didn't get a hold of Carly, he was losing his chance to get that serum. And kudos to you, Brian, for calling it out. He wants now that serum. And we actually see him at some point take the serum. Uh, he thinks that all vials are broken. He finds one that is not and puts it into his pocket and then eventually takes it. We never see him take it, but... By the end of the episode, you realize, oh, no. Oh, yeah. He has yeah. taken it. So I think a very realizing moment for him, and it's already been touched upon uh, throughout the show with him fighting the Flag Smashers and now fighting the Dora Milaje, Dora Milaje the, the King's Guard from Wakanda. Yes. Who, and he makes that comment after he gets his ass kicked that they're not even super soldiers and he couldn't really hold his own with them. I mean, these are, I mean... I would love to see just a series on on that group. You know? I know, that right? And they're so training cool. and their boot camp. And yes, just, I, I like, would love to like dig, dig who, deep. Who into needs those super folks. soldiers? Just yes, just have just go to Wakanda, Malaysia, and, get, and yeah, just get them. Just get trained by them. Oh my gosh, yes, they're incredible. <laughs> they are. They are so good. Oh my gosh, I was really impressed, and I love how they would throw the spears. And John Walker is With not even precision. strong. Right. John Walker is not even strong enough to pull the spear out of a table or out of a pillar. You know, but then these women come around and then just one hand grab it and dislodge it from whatever. I mean, it's just how methodical and strong and precise they are in their movements. And I just loved it. And John makes the comment and the realization is like they weren't even super soldiers and he couldn't handle it. I mean, Bucky's handling his own. Sam is handling it. It gave Baron Zemo a chance to escape. And Captain America and Battlestar are just kind of just kind of getting their butts kicked, you know, again. <laughs> so so I, I just there were a couple of things that I really loved about this episode. I loved how Carly is dealing with how does she be this terrorist yet? do the right thing, right? It's this constant kind of thing. And that's where Sam comes in. Now we're starting to really see Sam kind of flourish. And we're now knowing that he needs to be Captain America. There's no doubt. He's, I think he just needed that self-realization that he can carry the mantle and he's doing it every step of the way. The fact that he confronts her and just talks to her he knew he could go in there and do this and talk one-on-one -on -one, uh, while she is attending the funeral of somebody that is very near and dear to her. He talks to her. They have this nice dialogue. He basically points out that, yes, you are on the right side, but you're doing it the wrong way. You need to be doing it this way, or I would prefer that we do it this way. And Zemo even touches on this. If you have supremacy... It's, it's going to taint everything that you do. The only real change you're ever going to make is if you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations and figure out a way not to kill somebody and to move forward together and working that way. Sam is really starting to show 
those true colors of what Captain America should be, in my opinion. It's just uh, the writing is starting to step up on that level. I like it. I'm still not crazy about the show. It's good, but it's not great. But I think they're, they're, they're getting there. And I really love seeing Sam evolve and kind of take the mantle up. Do you guys feel like this episode kind of showcased both those characters, Sam and Walker, and showing how they're growing in these two different directions, but yes. at the same time? Yes. Right? Yes. And, uh, and what power is really doing. When, when you have that power, what you do with it is ultimately uh, the most important thing. We're seeing what is happening when you do it the wrong way via John Walker and the right way versus Sam. The other point when Carly is talking to, I can't remember the gentleman's name, uh, saying that he was a fan of Captain America before things get warped before and Before Captain weird. America kills him? Yes, exactly. <laughs> warped and weird. And how at the end of the episode, he is now being, he, he was killed right. by Captain America in a, a warped version of Captain America, so to speak. It was just, um, boy, Wasn't that was... Wasn't he the, uh, the person, too, that was against Carly um, blowing up that building with, uh, with people inside it? I think you are correct on that, yes. So it just, it, this is what I'm loving about the, the episodes, but there's still, I don't know, something just missing for me. You know what I, I like, too, is uh, it took us 10 years to get to this Thanos event, right? In the MCU. And... We are still, now that Thanos is gone and the people have been blipped back into reality, uh, the MCU is still taking the the ripple effects of what happened from, from that event. And I like how going forward, the history is not forgotten. Yeah, we are still moving along the same storyline, even though this major event has already happened. They brought up some issues that... To me, I've never even thought about, you know, they make it seem like the world was a much calmer, peaceful place with half the population gone. Kind of what Thanos was talking about. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> oh, so you're saying Thanos was right. Oh, gosh, uh, I'm totally team Thanos. You know? But anyway, I don't think genocide is the answer, but let's let's talk for a minute. You know? <laughs> but, but anyway. Um, but what happens when all those people come back? I mean, and these are issues and these are questions that I've never asked myself. I never thought about when I'm watching Endgame or, or anything like that. But it was just brought up in Spider-Man Far From Home and WandaVision and now Falcon Winter Soldier. I just like how they have not forgotten the past and the consequences that that were um, that were taken to defeat somebody like Thanos. You know, the world has to continue even though that this happened. So my quick question for you guys is that earlier you were talking about how Walker wasn't, he doesn't feel developed. So it doesn't seem his transition or change, a character change is earned as much, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that they're doing a better job with Carly's character? I do actually. Yeah. I do think that they are writing her. Um, you see her progression a lot more. I think they're very careful with it. I, I don't know. I think that they are doing the, the right way by her but i don't know i think sometimes they're doing a the, better the, job the with most, her. what's that i think they're doing a better job with her but yes, I, yes. But I, it seems like they also i think they're doing the whole mcu uh big show like the avengers thing where they have so many of these characters they're introducing and you're trying to build them up 
but they're yes but also you have your two main core characters of falcon and winter soldier that you want to build them up i think there's a lot of a lot of competing time let yeah me, i get it let me ask you guys this okay because we know that there's a loki show just around the corner right loki was a villain in the first avengers movie loki was the main villain who would have thought that we would have fallen in love with that villain? He would have become a good guy. And now he's getting his own show that we're all excited to see. Are there any other MCU villains that you would want to see a show on? And I've got two others that come you know, right to my head. And that's Thanos, of course, because like I just said, I'm team Thanos. And I would love to see a, a Baron Zemo. You know, yeah. Uh, but and that's the one I wanted to see is Zemo. But would you want to see a John Walker show? I don't think I would. I don't think they're developing him. And and to your point, Wayne, I don't care too much about Carly. You know, I really don't. She is she is a messenger of of a cause, but the character herself, I don't care. I don't care if they decide to kill her off in the series. Okay, or she may, you know, kind of commit some act you know, to try to redeem herself at the end. Okay, fine. You know, or they're going to keep her around for a future storyline. Okay. I, I'd be okay with either, with either way, but I'm not really invested in Carly. I like her message, but not Carly and John Walker. I'm more invested in him just because of what he represents to Sam. And to Tony's point, he is the opposite of of Sam. And that's why I'm more interested in his transition, you know, kind of fast tracking it where Sam was, you know, you built the foundation up. Now this, this house is more sturdy, you know, and Steve made sure of that before he wanted to give the the shield to him. Hey, I have a quick question. Who do you think is the power broker at this point? Oh my gosh. Brian, this... Do you have any theories on this? <sighs> Yeah, would you kill me if I said it was Mufesto? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I do have a theory. Um, I think it's Sharon Carter. I mean... Really? Yeah. I, just, wow, okay. Explain. She, she was training to be an FBI agent and left that for some reason. Now she's kind of smuggling art, real art underground, but she's so much more connected than we thought she was. Sam needed help. Sam gave her a call. She's all, uh, I guess I have two satellites I could spare. I mean, like, what? This person has connections. This person is a person of power. I think she is the power broker. But then why would she be okay with them killing uh, what's-his-face with the serum? Uh, Dr. Nagel. I don't think she was okay with it. Yeah, I don't think she. I don't think she was okay with that at all. Uh, Baron Zemo did that on because he doesn't want any more super soldiers out there. That's why he yes. wanted to smash things. He this guy has found a, a way to make it so you eliminate him. I don't think Sharon wanted him dead at all. Oh. I think she also mentioned something that she sits when I spoke about the power broker saying being very upset that you know his golden goose is gone now, right? Absolutely. So she'd be upset. And when she was telling Sam that she needed the remaining uh, serum, she was very direct on make sure you get this. This is this is what you need to get. I mean, this isn't somebody who was asking for a favor. She was coming from a, per, a position of power, and. That's what I felt when she said that she had two satellites that she can just spare. I I immediately thought, oh, she's the power broker. But, you know, Disney Plus has kind of 
led us down a, a road before. Move faster. Yes, and then yes, <laughs> and, and then <laughs> totally turned it on us. Yeah, right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we never find out, or if we don't find out in this season who the power broker is. It's just. But we a, also a, verified a, a that the, the power broker is who reached out to Carly as well in that first episode. Remember, I was right. trying to figure out who that was or but who texted her, but it was the power she broker. She has the ability to track Walker you know, through a satellite, then I'm sure she can have the ability to text Carly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sharon Carter. That is uh, I, you know what? I, for one, have no idea who it is. I can't think of it. I've heard some rumors of maybe general Ross. I've heard oh, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Yes. Thunderbolt Ross. In the Thunderbolts. Don't know. Uh, that's wow. just something I've heard, but uh, Sharon Carter actually makes a lot of sense, but, you know, we shall see. Wayne, shall do you have see. any idea? No, but that that's a really interesting theory, Brian. I I, I agree. I think that uh, you're on to something there, my friend. Well, anyway. we, we'll see. I've been wrong before. Well, well, uh, yeah, Mephesto, we've all been there. <laughs> <Yeah. now>. ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> the word of the day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there was a question that Wayne had asked last week, and I think we got the answer to it this week. He asked if Captain A-Hole had gone full tilt A-Hole. I said, no, I think he was probably at a three, soon to be 10. And by the end of this episode, he went full Captain A-Hole. I mean, he went to 11. He went, I, he went past 10 to 11. We still have two more shows. I think he's going to kick it up even more. I don't know. I don't know after this one. Oh, I, I don't know wait. if he's going to have a, cho- a just choice. Just wait till but- the government tries to take that shield away from him now. Oh, they are going to. And Just I think that wait. they're going to bestow it, hopefully, upon Sam. And I hope no, that this good. is all how it kind of ends. But what? You don't think they're going to? Do you think they're going to retire the whole Captain America program? I don't think they think Sam wants it. That's why Sam gave it up in the first place. So I don't think they would hand it back over to him. I think they would take it and then try to try to do this again. But But do you think Sam is going to want that mantle after he sees I that think- he truly is deserving of it? I think Sam takes it because he's deserving of it. And it might not be what Sam wants, but it's what the world needs. So that's why okay. I think Sam takes it. He he is so a then reluctant is he, gonna be... he is a reluctant hero, and that's what makes the true heroes. You know, yeah. he he'll do it because that's that's for the greater good. You know, like, So then is he gonna go on the run for years? I mean the or run. is he uh yeah, no, is he I think go, he'll just take it. Or is he it? just going to? I think to, he's going to take it, and the government's just going to let him have it. <laughs> like they're not. Okay. They're not going to okay. take it away. Or he's going to just probably take it from Walker. Yeah. No, I'm oh, absolutely. Fight, there's you know? yeah. there's going to be some kind of showdown, right? Because he's got to he's got to take it from him. Walker's not going to give that up. But yeah, Boy, I, there was some of the imagery that I just loved in this. The end, that shot of the shield, which is you normally, and which it should be used for defense, right? Yeah, we want to talk about. He, this is the Miyagi Do of superhero weapons. It is something that you use to defend. You don't use as an offensive weapon. And to see this shield that means so much about defending America and defending is now basically covered in blood because it was used as an offensive weapon to kill that that uh, individual at the end uh, just that was haunting to me so i didn't realize this i um i saw this online and not sure if it's true but i think it might be but this is the first time the mcu has shown blood on captain america's shield wow 
Boy, that's kind of deep. Yeah. And, they, and they picked the right time to do that. So then we see everybody, everybody, as, as John Walker realizes, oh, no, looks around and everybody has their video cameras up. Did you, get I, the, do you feel like that he had the oh, no? He seemed like he was like, I've got the shield and I'm, this is who I am. I don't know. I think he kind of had, I think he had a little bit of a, uh-oh. Maybe I should. See, have done I kind of felt like know. he thought he was killing a terrorist. So maybe he's, he's justifying he right. it in his in his mind. Or was that the serum talking? Maybe it could be messing with his head. Well, so I guess it kind of circles back to your question, Brian. Yeah, yeah and I think this is a great way for us to kind of get some put a cap here. on this. To put a cap on this. Oh, oh my gosh, God. this arm! You are full of them today. Jeez, yes, Tony I am. Is the totally. This guy, Tony knows. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, would you take it? Uh, no, I would not. All right. Wayne, would you take it? It would be a hard decision. You know, remember we had the pop quickies a while back talking about which weapon you prefer, the shield, the wings, the arm, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. we talked about that. But we didn't talk about the super serum. And I think at the end of the day, there's all so much responsibility specifically with that power, mm-hmm. right? Because what it means, what it stands for, what it potentially represents – and I don't think I could be ready for that. So we got yeah. two no's? Yeah, I don't think that's something I could do. I mean, it's one thing that if you were born with it or something that you could almost earn, if that makes sense. But as that it seems like, I don't know what that would do. And that, that kind of that is a frightening prospect to me. Yeah. We did touch upon this in the first Captain America when Stanley Tucci is talking to Steve Rogers about the serum. He did say that it amplifies who that person is. Right. And that's and Steve why Rogers. I would take it. Absolutely. <laughs> without hesitation. Right now, in the arm. <laughs> you know what? In that case, in that case, I would take it. I would take it right? because I would want to fight Brian. I would want to fight Brian because I know Brian would use it for all the wrong reasons. No and I would use it for oh, all boy. the right reasons. <laughs> yes. I would take if Brian took it, I would I have to take it. You know, you know that. Go ahead and give it to me. I'm going to eat it with my cereal. We pitch that to Disney because that would be the better show than Falcon Winter Soldier. (laughs) Tony and Brian right there. Con Man versus Con Man. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to be doing it. We are putting ourselves out there. We want to take the the serum to see how both of us would react. And I think it would make for better shows too, right? Oh my gosh, it'd be funny. More arguments. You know what we do? We would what? meet in the parking lot at three o'clock and then we would just talk like a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no punches exactly. thrown, no nothing. Oh, no, Tony no, and I no, love no. each other. We're just going to talk. Quickies it would times be, 11. Yeah, you know. totally would be. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we need to get the uh, super serum like in us now. That's right. Anyhow, it's a good show, but, you know, we've got two more episodes. And it's going to get crazy. It takes us. It's getting there. It's already gotten there, but uh, it's a good show. I don't think it's great, but it is keeping our attention. I do like where they're going with certain aspects of things. Not the entire story, but some aspects. Anyway. Hey, Tony. Next week, we'll kind of, yeah, what's going on? Let's do something a little bit different for this episode. What's that, Wayne? Well, you know what? Since we are taking a break for our main show, I kind of miss Pop Quickies. Me I too. Think everybody else missed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. We need to break that up a little bit. Yeah, well, so let's do, do, do a little pop minis or something. Yeah. You want to do pop minis instead of pop quickies? Uh, yeah. Just just to hold everybody over since oh, everybody wait, loves wait, wait, this wait, wait. part. Before we jump, I'm sorry. We have to bring this up. 
Wayne, can we get some music for um, Battlestar? Rest in peace, Battlestar. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is he dead? Huh? Is he dead? I think he's dead. Do you think he's dead? Yeah, I think so. He hit his head on that that pillar. Then he went over there. But then they, and he didn't move. <laughs> yes, I think. But wait, what do you think? Is he dead or is he? You like, know what? But I they hope, came back with him and they did a shot. And usually, when they come back with a shot, and he still didn't just move. Him, <laughs> I want to say I want to believe he's not dead because then Walker has no justification. I think he's dead because yes. you know it, it, it would mean more to the show. Unfortunately, I really like that character too, and and I was I did too. I was truly sad when they killed him off. I was like, oh no, because I felt like he was the voice of reason for, for Walker. And now he has no voice of reason. I think there's a possibility that he could still be around, but now he his conscience is no longer going to be able so, to protect him. Until we hear otherwise, can we play some music for him? Yes. All right. <laughs> and just one more weird thing. Don't you think that John Walker and Anakin are kind of the same person? Just... Something to ponder. Anyhow, uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Anakin Skywalker. No, you're not seeing okay. the similarities. We'll bring that up next week. Let's okay, play some and, pop yeah, next minis. week. Yeah, let's play some <laughs> pop minis now. And now it's time for pop minis. All right, guys, this is going to be short and sweet. Two questions. First one, actually, Brian kind of touched on it earlier. I thought he was going to steal my question that I have for him today <laughs> about his, you know talking about villains and the MCU. But you mentioned specifically which one would you like to have his own, their own show, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like their so, their Disney Plus series. So now let's remove that because obviously we have a we you know we have Baron Zemo, we have Walker now, and obviously we have all the other ones that from the Disney Plus series. But as an MCU as a whole, not the comic books, but the MCU, which MCU villain is your favorite and why? Ooh, this is an easy one for me. I like Thanos. I just really, really do. I don't know if it's 10 years of buildup, but when we finally got Thanos, he did not disappoint. I mean, this guy was, he never seemed upset until the very end. I mean, like he honestly believed in his cause. You know, he was cleansing the galaxy, purging them of half the population so that it could thrive and go forward. And this is obviously a guy who thought about his plan and I don't agree with his methods, so I don't want you know, hate mail out there. I do not agree with the methods, but I did like the character. The other kind of character that never really gets brought up is Vulture. I really, really like Vulture, Michael Keaton's character from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And here's a working man who just wants to provide for his family, and the government kind of fires him. And he's desperate. Now, what does he do? He's got a crew of men that, that look to him for a paycheck and his family needs to be provided for. And he does what he thinks is necessary. Plus, I like Michael Keaton. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. He he was, I think, the first villain where I felt like, oh, I, I get why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Wait, remember that scene, though, in the car when they're driving That's my the favorite yes. scene. Yes. Oh, man, right. I'm so good. Wow. Just it, like he knows. He he put it all together. Yes. It's my favorite scene. And he's Spider-Man's not even in the suit. And I just loved it. Oh, that is a great scene. That and he is a great villain. I think that uh if I had to choose one, 
Vulture would have would have been up there, but since you've already taken that, no, you could change. You could no, no, no. I, <laughs> Let's I'm agree gonna, on something. It's okay. <laughs> I'm actually going to say Killmonger. I okay. love Killmonger mm. and his story and just how he gets to where he is. Best villain. You really see why he is doing what he is doing, and again, those principles are in place. He's just a great villain. You know, I kind of have a man crush on him, on Michael B. Jordan, and Killmonger is just a great, great villain. I, I, I love that villain so much. Yeah, I like yeah, him too. I was kind of sad that they killed him off in that movie. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, gosh, you know, like, stop killing your villains, uh, MCU. Well, I mean, come well, on. Well, at least the good ones. <laughs> yes, right? yeah, the great ones. So yeah. Killmonger is, uh, is my favorite. So All right. Great answers, guys. I love it. All right, so last question. If you had to choose between these two condiments or food products, which one would it be? Salsa or hot sauce? Oh, boy. I'll have to say hot sauce. Not salsa. Salsa is good, but if anybody knows me, I love hot sauce. I have a collection of hot sauce. Hot sauce is my life. I love the, the different tastes. I love... Um, the, the heat, I just love everything about it. it tends to be a little bit one note because there's a lot of vinegar involved. So there is a, uh, you kind of taste things that are very similar, but when it's done right, hot sauce that throws all these different kind of flavors. There's one I'm, I'm having right now that involves like oranges and scotch bonnet. And it's so delightful. Hot sauces for me, because I just love things very hot and I love basically putting them on everything. So hot sauce for me. This was a, a tougher question than I originally thought it would be. You know, when I know hence it, the uh, <clears throat> there was like a big gap of silence. Yeah, I agree with you, Tony. Um, I would pick hot sauce. Wow. Um, it, there's just more variety. And I also love hot sauce and I put it on a lot of things and I like uh, trying new ones. It's just, it's fun for me. we both have shared our love of wings on the show and that's my favorite thing to put hot sauce on. Yes. And uh, it just, I, I just like trying new ones. I like some of them are a total miss for me, um, but like you, I love the heat. I love the variety. I like the, the, the nuances and I like salsa because it's it's kind of hearty, right? On a chip, you know, it's it's almost like a a, a small little meal. It's more of an and you appetizer. kind of feel healthy when you you, you <clears throat> right, eat salsa. Right, right. It's fresh. It's good, but for me personally, I put hot sauce on a lot of things. I use it as a true condiment, and I like to uh, use it on my wings. And I actively go out searching for ones that I've never tried, so which makes it fun. Well, then you need to come over to my house and I'll share you, share with you all of my beautiful hot sauce collection. Anyway. And you said you're into this orange, you know, bonnet one. I am loving uh, this habanero pineapple one uh, that I just uh, tried on some, on some vegan wings last night. That was pretty good. Wow. Okay. Vegan. Jeez. Yeah. So who are you? What have you done with Brian? also with the with the hot sauces, I like to try different styles of wings, and we came across uh, some vegan wings that we've never tried. My wife and I, we fired them right up, and I 
enjoyed them with this pineapple habanero sauce. And my wife mm. tried a ghost pepper horseradish sauce with with them. Oh, that's, oh, that's delightful. That melted my face. It was oh, pretty good though. Sounds it was pretty so good. good. <laughs> it was oh, good. But now, man, you know what? Now that now that we've kind of finished this thing, I think <laughs> I need to go up and uh start just downing some hot sauces right now. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Well done, guys. Well, I think that wraps up this week's Pop Minis. Wow. Boy, we went on long today, but uh, it's all good. As always, thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking about season two stuff and uh, teasing that along the way. It is still going to be coming for the Knowledge of Nothing. But in the meantime, you have us here at the Knowledge uh, Drop. Feel free to send us an email to info at thenowledgeofnothing.com. Also, you can follow us on our socials. It's Facebook, The Knowledge of Nothing, Instagram, The Knowledge of Nothing, and find us on Twitter at ConMen1, K-O-N-M-E-N-1. All right. As always, thank you for joining us. Anything in, uh, in before we go, guys? I'm good. No, I'm good. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Yes, and thank you for supporting the show. And as always, we will see you next time.